Hey, one, two, one, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much for tuning in, no matter whether you're tuning in on audio, whether you're tuning in on video. I um, appreciate you being here. At the time of this recording, when I check my diagnostics, I have about seven listeners per episode. So whoever y'all are, I want to say thank you so much for being here to rock with me on this crazy adventure about life, love, dreams, creativity, and everything in between. I've been just experimenting with this pod. So I've been experimenting in life, let's be honest, but I've been experimenting a lot in this pod in trying to figure out which direction to take it because I'm just passionate about all these sorts of things, minimalism and fitness and music and creativity and um travel and just all these different things and so i'm just kind of experimenting kind of seeing what y'all like what y'all don't just from the analytics and people were not a fan of the nomad episode (laughs) that was probably my least amount of lessons i've gotten in a long time so i figure maybe nomad travel tips is not what you guys are tuning in for um the episodes interestingly enough that seem to get the most traction are the ones where i do more life updates which i think is really interesting i mean it, it is and it's not i guess because most of the people most of y'all, if you're listening to this, you probably know me because it's not like I have raving fans. So you're probably just curious on like what's life like in Medellin and what I'm up to down here. And so that makes sense in that regard. But I guess I always feel like I want um, the episodes to have a little bit more like punch to them, like oomph and start, like some sort of a direction in terms of a Q&A, questions I'm answering or helping you guys, really giving you guys some real gems. Um and so that's something that I'm going to keep trying to dial in, but I figured maybe this episode what I do is I'm also really passionate, as always, creative pursuits, creative endeavors, creativity in general. And so I'm going to do some Q&A around Q, uh, creativity, but I'm going to push that later uh, towards the end of the episode because there are other things that I want to talk about first. There's some life update things. I also, uh, there was a big drop last week between Kanye's album and Drake's album. So I want to talk about that a little bit and just kind of my take on that whole thing where I'm at with my own music, my business, everything in between. But first I'm going to start with a little life update. And there are a few things that have been going on in my life because at the moment um, I'm down in Medellin in Colombia and it's been a really strange part of my life. I've been here two months and I really feel like I'm at a crossroads. I feel, I felt this way a little bit when I was in Mexico and then I went home for a month and then I came here. And, and since I turned 30, when I was back home with mom and dad, I've just been feeling off. I think I'm, I think it's because I know that in order to reach the next level that I want to get to in my life and in my career, I almost have to like kill this version of myself. And so it's like almost kind of like mourning this past version of myself and also trying to come to grips with who I want to be, trying to meld the difference between who I want to be and the reality of who I am right now. And I think those things have just been a little bit difficult for me. I'm trying to figure those out and figure out who I want to be at the same time, being like, what what are the skills that that man needs? And and also this idea of who I thought I was and maybe the reality of who I am as well. And, and just kind of just playing with those ideas a little bit more. And there's some people in the hallway. So there's that. Um, so just that sort of stuff has been interesting. Like just just this sort of 
uh, my buddy uh, John, Jay, you know who you are, shout you out, um, one time he was telling me that maybe I needed to like just have an ego death, like especially with my music because I'm I'm really – a lot of my stuff is starting to sound similar that he's like, dude, if you, you need to like almost like kill this version of yourself and kind of like not be born again but in a way like re- refocus on creating yourself again. And so it's just been kind of interesting toying with those and feeling honestly a little bit lost – with where I'm at in the business at the moment because I, I've i gotten to a point that's really cool and I have some a couple different revenue streams that are pretty passive in terms of income, which, I mean, it's not like I'm making a million bucks, but it's cool to kind of have those in place and now really dialing in how do I take my actual music, my personal brand as an artist and as a musician and really focus on that and take that to the next level. And overcoming a lot of my own insecurities around that. I've never liked doing performance videos. I've never really liked being on video. I've never liked having my photo taken. And so trying to implement and practice these things in a practical way, in a very like keyified way, which I'll tell you about here in a second, to get over those fears. And the best way that I've always found getting over a fear is by doing it, by running towards it, and by just by... Be, by getting used to it, almost just through exposure, you become less scared. couple stories for you about this. I promise I'll keep them quick. When I was living in Mexico, uh, when I was in Asia, I didn't really have that much of a fear of cockroaches. I'm not sure why, but they were huge, but I, I didn't really mind them as much. When I was living in Mexico, for some reason, I really started to develop this fear of cockroaches. The you know the big joints that you just open a kitchen cupboard and they'll just be there surprise or um, you you flip your lights on you know at night and they're just boom on your wall and then you know sprint away and I was like I don't like having this I, mean, I was like I don't know where this came from I don't like having this fear of cockroaches what is going on I think part they're one of those animals that almost like intrinsically we just kind of feel like like kind of like snakes it's almost just like in our DNA you're kind of just like a little bit hesitant about them but I was like I know these are pretty harmless. How can I get over this fear? And so I looked up, I did a lot of research into fear and a lot of conquering fears through exposure. And I was reading these forums online about cockroaches and someone was talking about how helpful they are because they're scavengers. So they're out and about at night, like looking to eat dead things. And in a way, they're trying to clean, they're they're trying to clean up. That's what they do. And as soon as I had that thought, I, I imagined them in like a little construction, yellow construction cap and like the orange vest that you might see people, construction workers wearing, like wearing people that like were on the side of the road, like public servant folks who, who help out and, and are, do no work on infrastructure type of things. I imagined them, I imagined cockroaches with a little construction cap and the vest and it completely changed my perception of them like when I see them now in my house I see them more as like an independent contractor you know what I mean like I feel like he's a contractor here to help me clean up my house and it it, like he's doing his job you know what I mean and so it really it was fascinating I was like wow and the next time I saw one I was in Medi that there's a big one it was when I had them because in Medi that was super hot so there's a lot of them Flipped on my light, it was in my bedroom, and there was one, boom, on the wall. And I just went over and kind of got close to it and just, like, watched it a little bit and just tried to, like, sit with that feeling of being near it without wanting to react, kill it, or run away or whatever. 
and they're scared of you, dude. Like you come in and they're going to sprint away. But I imagine it was there to like help me clean up my crib as an, he, he was a man. He was a working man. That's how I imagined him there as a working man on the job as a contractor, independent contractor. And it completely changed my perception of cockroaches. And yes, I'll still have that kind of immediate reaction sometimes if I see them, but much less so. And that was one thing about just, these are just kind of ideas about fear that I think are really interesting. That's one. Second one is I learned this the other day uh, between, there's, I think it's some sort of a moose or a buffalo out in the Midwest. It's a moose or a buffalo, some furry four-legged large mammal, and cows. And there will be storms that happen in this like certain part of the Midwest in the States often. And people would study these two animals, very similar type of animals, and they'd be able to feel like a lot of animals when a storm is coming. They can almost like, they have that like six animal sense that a storm is about to happen. And the cows, as soon as the storm cart starts coming in, they start running, you know exactly where this is going. They start running with the storm. Like the storm will come in and they'll run in that direction with the storm and in doing so end up subjecting themselves to the storm for much longer amounts of time compared to the buffalo moose combo, can't remember, that when the storm starts coming in, they run directly towards it. They run right at the storm and in doing so then um, limit their time in the storm. It's brutal and it's painful because it's headwinds, right? You're running into the storm, but you spend much less time figuratively in the storm. And what are these like highfalutin metaphors for? Just pretty much that's how I approach these things around being on camera and recording videos and having my photo taken, all that sort of stuff. Even this right now, recording this podcast with you, this is very meta. For me, I see this as practice because then I'll watch this back and say, okay, how can I not say um so much? How can I work on my shot? And how can I try to get more comfortable recording audio and video just in general? And it's just about reps. That said, I knew because I recently shaved, if you're not on video you can't see. I recently shaved my mustache because I realized that I don't think ladies really love the mustache, which is unfortunate because I really dig it and I'm going to have it at some point in my life. But, um, I wanted to bring back the, excuse me, bring back a little bit of the beard action, the uniform beard action. So that's what we're doing. And I wanted some, some updated photos. We said to a few people who, who take photos here and I realized I don't love being on camera. I don't love having my photo taken because I don't know what to do. And that's the long and short of it. It's like, I just don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know how to, I'm like, learn, I'm like, how do I pose? Like, what do you want from me? And so I took this as an opportunity again to learn. I was like, dude, I have a camera. I know I can figure out how to work this on my phone. Let me just go out and shoot some stuff myself. And so I watched some, some videos on like learning how to pose and different things of that nature in terms of being more comfortable on camera. And then I took my camera out found a pretty park, set up a couple different spots and just started taking the photos myself because I I feel uncomfortable when someone else is taking my photo because since, like I said, I don't know what to do, but if it's just me, it's a lot easier. It's a very Kia thing to like completely DIY a photo shoot. But to then look at the photos and be like, okay, no, these look whack. I'm trying too hard. What's, what's, a, what's a very more natural pose for me? What kind of 
poses do I like? What kind of a style do I like in photos? All that sort of stuff that I just see as practice in running towards the fear, which I guess is going to be the, the kind of idea and concept, the theme of this podcast today, that I also am finding is holding me back this fear of video, of live video, or excuse me, not live video, but just video in general, is holding me back in terms of my, my music. Because I love making music like always, that's what I do, I'm a craftsman, but I really struggle in putting out videos of the music. I can put out cover art and videos of other things, but like the actual performance piece, because I have a really hard time remembering my lyrics and still trying to learn how to be comfortable on camera performing, that I realized the only way to the only way to do it is to do it, right? Only way through it is to do it. And so what I decided to do was I found a bunch of online cover artists that I think are really that I found really inspiring because you've got to generate traffic some way. You're gonna pay for it, you've got to generate it. I'm still just not on the TikTok wave yet, but I feel like I could do it'd be fun to do some covers and put those on YouTube. And I was like, okay, that's something I could do and learn to get better with. They're not gonna be great from the jump, but I'll I'll figure it out. Found some guys that I thought were really cool, gals. So I bought some lights. They're on the way. And I'm going to just give it a shot. Just like start setting up some lights in the crib to hopefully have a little bit of a better uh, setup. And that I do think sometimes people can use a crutch, maybe myself included as well, as to kind of postpone something rather than just like just do it. But um, I hope that this is at least – it's also kind of my commitment to it. I'm like, okay, I bought some lights like – now, I also bought a stool. I bought a stool for, I think, $5. I found this stool. You can't see it right now, but I was like, I'm going to do just my own version of like an NPR tiny desk concert and just like me singing on a stool with some cool lights and just start trying it and see where it goes because I realized that's the piece that's missing from the tunes right now is any – if you aren't just a fan of the music and the more the more that I'm starting to really be critical of my music, sometimes like – Oh my God, this stuff is so bad. They're like, I, I'm the the more I listen. That's interesting. The older I get, the more I'm realizing how bad my music is. But I do think that I have some dope joints in there. And I think, as I always talk about before, you never know what resonates with people, and you never know. The only way to the only way to figure that out is to put it out there. And so I think now that I've been putting music out for almost a year straight, well, at least nine months straight. It's easier for me to be able to see the music and be like, mm, this is kind of whack. Or be like, you know what, this one is actually kind of cool. But I'm still still discovering a lot about myself and my music as I'm going. And so that's just its whole process. But I realized that visual component has been missing from my, my music marketing. And I realized if I really want to step it up, I need to record more, put myself out there more in terms of video and I, I love doing this with the pod because this is just how I like to engage with ideas is talking about them and teasing them out and, and that sort of a nature, you know. But I don't – so far people haven't really responded really well to those videos that I've made. But I want to keep doing them because it's more for me and I hope that eventually people dig them because this is really how I like to work through ideas. But as well through the music, if I want the music to be a focus point, I need to focus more on that as uh, as a promotional and marketing medium. And so we're going to see how it goes. I think they come next week or two weeks. So in between now and then I'm going to focus, get a bunch of songs that I want to release 
and or that I've already released, but get together kind of my focused group of songs that I'll start recording videos for. And then hopefully you start putting those out maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. Still going to, it's going to take some time to experiment and figure those out. But um, I don't know. I think we'll see. Well, it'll be interesting. I got the like cool, like neon lights in my apartment. is like very basic. Well, you can see it. You're in my kitchen. And so it's just like white walls and it feels kind of more officey than anything. But I'm like, dude, I bet with some cool neon lights. And if I was like maybe at night or something like that, that'd be cool. You could see kind of this like nightscape of Medellin. I don't know. It'll take some time to play around with it and figure it out. But that's kind of where I'm at in terms of uh, my own music business piece. The Everything else is going well. I won't bore you with it. Um, but that's really the next phase is I realize I need to embrace that fear. Just start doing it. Get better at it. And eventually, I think it'll it'll snowball. And I think that's the piece missing right now. When that sort of like quote unquote lost feeling I was telling you about is that I'm doing these other things and working on the business and doing these other things. But I realized that like that is that dream that like has always been nagging at me that um, I really need to I need to really give more time and energy to if I really want anything to happen with this stuff. So that's that kind of my little business update in terms of other things going on um columbia is still very learning a lot about columbia i was seeing a, a girl this really cute girl for a couple weeks this colombian girl and um that kind of fell apart just because i i'm the she only spoke pretty much spanish and and i'm i'm still figuring out the cultural there were definitely some cultural things and also with the language so i would offend her a lot or break her expectations by accident and that was unfortunate but I'm hoping that that I'm kind of on the other side of it and just going to take this time to focus on myself at the same time it was interesting feeling that like sense of a crush again where I haven't really felt that in a long time that um those feelings of kind of uh you know, the, the begin, like the beginning of something when you really have like cr crushing hard on somebody and then you find out that it's mutual, you start to, you know, hand, spend more time together. It's just like such a thrilling feeling. And it's, it's always a blast until it's not. And it's always, it do, at this point in my life, I can almost like identify it to the T, like when the dream is kind of shattered and it becomes reality again, when you're like, oh, this isn't going to work. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. And still working through that, but man, Colombian women, it's, uh, there it's, yes, yeah, there's built different. It's just a different game and it's been a little bit distracting, but I'm hoping that I can kind of dial it in and either find, I, I, guess I want something serious, quote unquote, not in terms of like we have to get married, but I want just that a serious connection and more than just like a short-term fling. And so that's what I'm kind of looking for, but realizing how, much the language and the culture are different than Mexico and then also just different in 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 general like things that it's just a the whole thing is a learning experience so my heart still figuring things out between my head and my heart but overall um, things are going well really staying after it I'm taking this time to to really dive into learning so I'm taking Spanish lessons uh, I've been taking boxing lessons that's been really going well I like I always say if I if I I eat and train and sleep like a fighter, I just don't fight. But I'm just that dialed in with it because I love I just love combat sports. I don't know what it is about them, um, but it's just such a cool challenge for the brain and body that 
Um, there's no high like coming away from a good boxing class with a trainer when you're just on it. You got that connection and you just feel you just feel on top of the world. That's it's addicting. So that's been going well. Seeing some slow progress there, and I have also been working on learning more about Facebook ads, music marketing, and also singing because I realize that's kind of my Achilles heel is I love singing, but I'm not a great singer. And so that's where a lot of, I think, then security also comes from performing the songs and making the songs and all that, that I think I could definitely improve if I could just improve my, my voice as a singer, my range, all of that sort of stuff. So it's just a, it's a, it's a life has these peaks and valleys. And I think I'm just one of those, or, or what they say also of like, like growing and harvesting seasons, or there's another phrase or something like that. And I just feel like I'm in like a growing season of just really learning a lot, doing a lot of self-reflection, writing a lot, making a lot of music, just really trying to um, improve this version of Kia for when things do start to click and I can really take advantage of it. So that's where I'm at. Columbia is dope. Just renewed my visa. I'm going to be here until December and then I'm going back home to the States and then we'll see what happens after that. Um, but overall, so far, two months in, really dig the city. People are sweet. The climate's really nice. It does rain a lot, but there's also a lot of sunny days um, and really good infrastructure for the most part, good subway lines. It's just a cool place. If you're curious about Medellin, feel free to hit me up. Um, I definitely got some recommendations for you and I feel, I feel pretty safe and I haven't had any problems there. Um, so far so good. There's also this, like, it, it's just a groovy place there. It reminds me kind of, of like, it's got some of those kind of like hippy dippy vibes sometimes kind of like a Bollywood or maybe you'd find it like a Playa del Carmen. And so there's this men's circle that's been happening every week by this guy named Carl. Shout out Carl. I did a men's circle when I was in Chiang Mai, but this one's a little bit different, but it's interesting. It's almost like fight club, but without the fighting, but it's like that kind of group of guys that get together and you just talk about topics. You might might not have debates, but you share stuff, share advice and, and receive advice and just kind of have these exercises thinking about concepts differently that, that I spend a lot of time in my brain thinking about solo and it's kind of cool to go there and work them out. And there are a few, I, I'm not sure if it's being here in Medellin and because the, there's like the culture, may, and maybe it's just because my attraction to the women, but it definitely feels like sex is more um, apparent here or just like more, it's almost something that you feel more. At least me here, my, my sexuality has been definitely like awakened just being here. And I think part of it is also this this focus on it's, I don't want to say you can feel this anywhere, but it's not superficial, but just like on, on looks and being attractive is, is a very, um, it's a very kind of like, it's a piece of the culture here that again, is a gringo perspective two months in fuck do I know, but it, I, that, that piece of awareness for me has definitely been woken up a little bit. And I think because of that, I've been feeling almost more insecure and more competitive, like with other men, which I didn't feel almost at all in Asia. Like I could just come in out of my big beard. I would just come in. I was really just confident myself. I was like, this is what I am, blah, blah, blah. If you like it, you don't, whatever. And here I find myself almost wanting or lusting after that, that attention more from women and also feeling my, my insecurities, I think stem from competition or that feeling of competition, which I say that to say something like this men's circle is really cool to talk about these ideas around competition, where those stem from, those feelings, healthy or not. 
and just kind of working through those with other men is just really cool when you realize that like we do all feel the same stuff but it's just uh you know we're so focused on self that we i think we get caught up in our own heads a lot at least i do it's the first time in a long time i've bought cologne it's the first time in a long time i bought a new pair of jeans it's like i don't know what happened man i'm a i'm a changed man um i'm out here wearing cologne i don't know what happened to me anyways Moving right along, that's Medellin. You got questions, hit me up. I dig it a lot. I'll be here for a bit. So, without further ado, let's jump into the last part of this episode where I want to talk music with you. So, Drake dropped last week, as did Kanye. And I just want to talk about these albums a little bit, answer some of your questions, and then we'll keep it pushing. Here's my take on them I feel like both of them, because the way that streaming works these days, were kind of bloated albums, meaning there was a lot of kind of filler tracks because you get more stream. If you have a longer album, you get more streams, you make more money, etc. I still haven't been able to listen to the Kanye album all the way through. I'm going to be totally honest. There's, I just get, I don't know what it is. Like I just lose interest through part of it. I don't know why, but um, I think I respect Kanye because he always takes these big swings in terms of the production and the vibe. I didn't like that he didn't mention the features on there. I didn't like that there wasn't swearing. Um, but I respect the fact that he's just like swinging for the fences. I didn't think the, his rapping was fantastic. I'm going to be honest. Um, but I was really hoping that Drake would come in with just like a classic. Unfortunately, I think Drake and with Kanye's, I think if you stripped it in like the 10 best tracks, it'd be an amazing album. And I feel the same about Drake's is I just feel like there are a lot of album tracks on there that I'm like, this is cool, but like I could almost take it or leave it. And to be fair, I also felt that way about Dark Lane demo tapes. But Dark Lane, like a year later, I just went back and started listening again. I was like, dude, there's some fire tracks on here. But I think his storytelling on Dark Lane was just really on point. And I did feel like there weren't, there weren't a ton of tracks on there. I was like, oh my God, these are classics. But then coming back to it, I'm like, there's, there's some really cool tracks on here. And with CLB, I feel that same way. Um, where there are just like some joints that I think are awesome, that I love, but there's a lot too that I'm like, I don't know. Again, if you stripped it down to be like the 10 best, 8 best, 12 best tracks, I think that's why I love Nothing Was The Same so much, is it's just every song on there rocks. Even in the latter part of the album, sometimes I start to get, you know skip some stuff, but you just if you, if you could just dial it in, I think it would make it really potent, and that's a piece that I'm missing for both of these albums, honestly wasn't my favorite for either one. I'm still, I'm just a Drake stand, so I'm going to keep giving CLB a shot. Um, but would be curious your thoughts uh, if you listen to this pod and feel free to shoot me a DM. Tell me what you think. I'm open to suggestions and feedback. I could be swayed. I could be swayed on both of these. Okay, so I want to come answer a few questions about creativity and music stuff this time around. And I'm running out of battery, so we're going to try to keep this quick. Also, some of these are on audio engineering as well. So if you aren't into music, you can shut this off. Thank you for listening. If you are interested in leveling up your creativity in music, let's get it. This one says, doing some audio engineering. Uh, curious about doing audio engineering as a career. Um, please let me know what you think of these questions. There's a bunch of questions. I'll answer a few of them. What, if any, qualifications do you need? Is a degree necessary? Absolutely not. I started a YouTube channel 
after on audio engineering after doing it for eight months because I just saw huge improvements and so I wanted to teach people my ways. And after doing it for those eight months, people were already hitting me up saying, hey, can you mix my tracks? I really like what you're doing. So no, I have no qualifications, no degree in audio engineering, just taught myself from YouTube. Shout out, help me Devon. The YouTube channel is incredible if you wanna learn engineering. Um, how much demand is there for audio engineers? I think there's a lot because a lot of folks don't realize that you that that's a critical piece to making music. There are a lot of engineers, but engineering is a very kind of sweet science. And if you can get some dope clients, um, I think that it's something that you could definitely you could make a living at pretty easily if you really set your mind to it. I'd say within a year if you're really hustling and get good at it. And uh, what skills are most important for this career? I think one of the most important things with audio engineering, like any musical. Well, not any, but at least in engineering and production and all that sort of stuff is you have to have an open mind because the world changes super fast. So even time, like these greats like Dave Pensato, Chris Algi, that's his name, right? Chris, I was going to call him Chris Algieri, but that's the boxer. Uh, Chris Lord Algi, I think his name is. These guys are still staying on top of the game. Uh, Schweppes, I forgot his first name, but he's the man. They're staying on top of it, always learning new techniques, just staying abreath of the changes and the new sounds that are coming out because it's definitely not a tried and true, this is the way to do it, this way it's always been done sort of a career. Okay, should you EQ tracks separately or in the context of a mix? IQ them, depends on what you're going for. IQ like my vocals and stuff independently first in terms of instruments and all of that, I, the mix will always be my answer in this because nobody's listening to your track soloed except for you. So you EQ them for the mix in the mix if it needs it. Or you can just EQ it solo and then you bring it back in and it sounds out of place because you've just listened to it solo. How loud should my mic input volume be? To be honest, there's no set input mic volume that it should be. What I would recommend is when your vocals, when you're recording your vocals into your DAW or whatever you're recording, through it should come in at a, for me at around negative 18 db because this is you have plenty of volume then to boost them and this is also where i've heard i've learned from a young guru this is where plugins tend to work best is at negative 18 db so whatever your volume input needs to be so that when you record your vocals in there negative 18 that's what it should be how do you know when you have a hit song i love this one you don't you know a hit when it becomes a hit otherwise everyone would just make a hit Having a hard time with recording my vocals. Are there any that can practice following tone, or is there a way to pitch shift vocals and dawn so all of them sound close to natural? Um, my vocals change in different recordings within the same song. This is cool, man. I think it's cool to change up the, the sound of your vocal. Like, go listen to some Kendrick Lamar tracks. Listen to how much he changes his vocals on a track. Like, keep it interesting. You don't want to be rapping monotone. Or maybe you do, but switch it up. Just now getting producing. If I hit a wall making a beat, should I push through or start a new one? Um, I get a point, I get to a point where I get the core idea down, but I have no idea what to add to develop it. I'm going to make more progress on my abilities by pushing this until I figure it out by starting a new one entirely. Here's what I would do. Beats get really good at mixing first and your beats will automatically be amazing because if you listen to a lot of super popular beats, maybe not by Kanye or Drake or these really, or even maybe some Drake beats, they're super simple, man. If you get good at mixing, then it's all about having just a couple instruments that you bring in and out. For me, it's less about adding more to the beat and more just working on your arrangement and, and structuring it out so it feels more like a complete beat rather than trying to just like add a bunch of stuff to it. 
some hi-hats, good snare, kick, some sort of lead melody and bass low-end 808 joint. You bring those in and out, add some low-pass filters, automate them, high-pass filters, automate them. You're going to be off to the races. How do you handle your creative barriers or the pressure of wanting to make of or the pressure of wanting to make good music? I'll be honest. I'm in this exact same mode. I'm feeling very not blocked, but I'm really struggling and trying to make good music. I'm listening to music like the Drake album, some other artists that I've discovered. I love Party Next Door and and really A being my song next to their song. And striving as best as I can to say, how can I get my song to be this good, if not better? And it's hard. It's really hard. And nine times out of ten, it's not. But every once in a blue, you land on one, and I'm like, this, I feel like, is at least in the ballpark in, of like a Party Next Door song or something. And maybe that's giving myself too much credit. Maybe I'm delusional. But I really think that it's it's in you to do it. It's just making a lot of it and pushing yourself and that's kind of where I'm at too, is really trying to push myself and say, how can I get this mix to be as good as possible? How, what's his, I'm studying their lyrics. What are they writing about? What kind of bars are they putting together? How are they ending phrases? And as much as I'm trying right now, a lot of my stuff ends up sounding the same. I'm, I'm, end up in, I'm ending up in these kind of same ruts, same word choice, same melodies, and thinking, man, how can I, how can I push these boundaries a little bit more and get myself out of here? But like I said as well, it's always a challenge. So my best advice is keep doing it, stay creative, do what you can to break out of the box, experiment with a different genre if you have to, different tempos, different timings, and hopefully that'll help you. Composition versus sampling. I know this topic has been done to death, but I'm not sure how to approach it. This dilemma I'm in, should I push through the hard stage or just stick to what I love? Um, I receive the best feedback from sample-based beats and those that are also the ones I have the most fun with. Have the most fun with them. If you're having fun with it, Keep doing it because that's what you're actually going to stick to when it comes to sampling. Be using samples for me, like everything I use is sampled from Splice, then I'll warp it, chop it, change it to do what I want it to do. Um, but I really believe having fun is the answer. DJ Premier is still using sample beats and he's been doing his whole career and they're still popping. Like, got to do what you like to do, what you have fun with, and then outsource the other parts to other people, what you don't like to do or what you can't do. Excuse me. Or if you can't do that, go on YouTube. Learn it. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Thank you so much. If you even made it this far, you are real one. 34 minutes. Going to wrap it there. That's key is life in a nutshell. Drake, Kanye, and some creativity questions for you. Uh, if you got questions, feel free to slide in the DM at Kia Orion everywhere on the internet. Thanks again. I appreciate you. Check you in a minute. Peace.